0: I just want to say a big shout-out to Deontay Wilder. You're busting me up pretty good, and uh, that might be it for me. Uh. What if friends got together and talked as if they were professional fighters, yet with no fighting experience? Well, <clears throat> as Professor Chelsson once said, You are welcome. This is my MMA podcast. And now a moment with Sensei Seagal.
1: You still
2: fine? Yes, I do. You still dangerous?
0: Mm -hmm. And that's been a moment with Sensei Seagal. Episode
2: 7 is in full effect, my posse. So let's start this introduction game like a boss. I am your pioneer of pontification, your fantastic flavorful and often fanatic co-host mr mark allen david and with me as always is my brother in arms the one and only rubber band man wild as a taliban he's got a nine in his right and a 45 in his other hand that is a ti reference (laughs) for all the rookies out there throw some love to the crowd you lion, mr wesley edwards
0: (laughs) i don't even know what to say did you want to tell <laughs> us about your complete like you. history of your life, or you just want to say hi? Uh, well, that's well. First of all, that's <laughs> rude, and uh, second of all, <laughs> might be your greatest intro yet. You're, the problem is, is you're going to have to like keep upping these, and I'm not sure how you're um, going to do that. But challenge accepted, my friend. <laughs> Touche on the Ti reference. Let's throw some DMX <laughs> at some point in time. And look, I'm not even I'm not opposed to vanilla ice either, so whatever. <laughs> Uh, what's up in my MMA podcast? There you Hello.
2: go. And at last, but not to be perceived as the least, is Trevor Owens. And after a recent consultation with the board of directors of Miami Bay Podcast Incorporated, Sean Penn yep. and current Secretary yep. of Defense Mark Esper clearly a joke because I had to look up who the Secretary of Defense is. Has been promoted from intern to international yes. director of disc yes. jockey relations here on the show. Please yes. say something yes. to our, by my approximately guessing 3.6 million viewers, listeners,
1: fans, mm. disc jockey Trevor Owens. Hey, hey, it is so good to be here on the My MMA podcast podcast. The 2020 edition of the 7th broadcast. <laughs> the 7th? <seventh>. Holla! Holla! 7th. <laughs> Magic number
2: 7. Now, I have to ask you guys, because I love you. How's your week been going? Everything been going good? We talked? We've loved? We've lived? It's been a week. Everything going good with you guys?
0: Play me some mountain oh, music. Oh, no!
2: You don't even know. Like
0: grandma grandpa used to play. Mm.
2: <laughs> and I'll
0: float
2: on down the river to that cage mm. and hideaway. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey That's so amazing. Yeah. Right there, Mountain Music, 1982 release from uh probably one of the greatest bands of all time, Alabama. I appreciate you saying that. Yes. I would like to have brought it up myself because There's a pretty good chance there might be some other Alabama references going on tonight. But
0: anyway, (laughs) I just wanted to set the the, precedent Um, for it. Precedence for it. So there you go. Well, here comes one of my favorite segments that we always uh, have. And uh, it's usually when Mark asks us a question. It's time for
1: Mark's random question.
2: So, Mark. So, here we go. Let's go with the question. Um, so, actually, this was mentioned on the Facebook page, and I think, actually, you mentioned it, Wes, that we've had several heavyweight MMA fighters call out Tyson Fury to challenge him to a boxing match, because it's their belief that they could beat him. The real question is, how should Tyson respond?
0: I would love to hear Trevor start off on this one.
1: Trevdahl! Well, uh... in the words of the underrated show community, he could look at them and simply say, sup. <laughs> but, if he wanted a more poignant answer, he could say, Disney animated parents have a better chance of surviving the movie <laughs> than you do of beating me in a boxing match. Mm. I don't... I gotta
0: agree with Trevor.
1: I don't feel that These cats can hang with him in the mixed martial arts ring. I don't think there's enough money for them, uh, for Tyson Fury to want to go mixed martial arts because at the end of the day, it's all about the cheddar. Cheddar means money for you non-hip folks. But I'm sure in the My MMA Podcast Nation, there are no non-hip folks. Right. But I don't see any of these guys stepping in with Tyson Fury and having a snowball's chance in Fayetteville, North Carolina, of beating him. <laughs>
0: and for those that aren't from North Carolina, it's hot in Fayetteville. Right. Let me roll down the list of the UFC heavyweights. Do it. And I'm going to say their names. You guys tell me which one has the best chance. Okay. I like that. That's a good, yeah, I like that. This is good, right? And Trevor, let me just throw this out there for all the people listening. Disc jockey Trevor is, is the smart one, he usually waxes eloquently on MMA, boxing, fighting, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Or as the French say, a So I am going to agree 100% with him that not one heavyweight has a chance against Tyson Fury in a boxing match, and I don't know why this is even a thing. But let me roll down the list of these names. I'm going to say their name. All I want is just a reaction of who do you think has the best chance. Here we go. You guys ready? Stipe Miocic. Okay. Francis Ngannou. Okay. Daniel Cormier. Junior Dos Santos. Derek Lewis. Rosenstruck, or we'll just go with Overeem. I'm not even going to name the rest of them because we know that they don't have a chance anyway. Mm -hmm. So Daniel Cormier, Francis Ngannou, we'll go Dos Santos, Lewis, Rosenstruck, and Overeem. All right. Out of those fighters in the UFC heavyweight division, which one has the greatest chance of remotely competing with Tyson
2: Mm -hmm. Fury? I'm happy to answer that question, unless you'd like to go first, Mr. Uh, DJ Trevor. Uh,
1: Man, that is a tough pick, because I don't think anyone has a chance. But if I have to pick somebody, I'm going to go. It's got to be somebody with a power punch that can just knock you out. So I'm going to go with Francis.
2: Mm. Okay. Still still no chance. I'm going to say that if Alistair Overeem decided to become an alien, and fly down from another planet and take over the earth. And then he created a whole subset of human beings that he commanded at his will. And then Mm. all of them were to watch this. But if he was to lose, they all die so that Alistair Overeem at that point has to throw the match in order for him to survive. He wins. You know what is,
1: yeah, that wow. But if Overeem was a couple years younger, you know him with his K one, you know dominance back in the day. Mm-hmm. I think he might have the best shot at um, all those. But I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I'm going to throw this. Yeah. At, I'm going to throw this at you, Wes. What about the? I think there's two o five ers out there that would do way better just putting on some weight than I think the heavyweights. What do you think about that? Mm.
0: Well, thank you for asking who my pick was,
1: <laughs> and. <laughs>
0: So my pick is going to be Valentina Shevchenko has the greatest chance of beating Tyson Fury. Okay. You're welcome also for uh, us asking you the answer to the question. That's really funny. Actually, Trevor, once again, disc jockey Trevor is a genius. Francis Ngannou to me has, the, has, has really the only, the biggest shot. It, and it's really just because he's, I would say, kind of like a Deontay Wilder. He's not going to be a great boxer, but he hits really hard. In fact, he has I think this is, what, two months ago? He just broke the world's record for the hardest punch in known history. So there mm-hmm. you go. It is now recorded for the hardest punch in history.
1: Except for Ivan uh,
0: Drago, you are correct. Yes. No, yes. I mean, that, well,
1: if you're going to be literal.
0: Gosh, man, you've got Dominic Reyes, Tiago Sant- Santos. You've got Anthony Smith. You've got Blockwitz. Um... I mean the chaos of Santos, the crazy belief in Dominic Reyes, his his belief in himself to just go all out there, kind of like he's sort of in a flow state when he fights. Mm I don't Okay, so I, I would not disagree. I would not disagree that that some of the light heavyweights would actually have a better chance at boxing Tyson Fury. And while we're at it, let's just throw in there Israel Adesanya then if we're if we're gonna throw out names that could potentially compete. I mean, when Deontay Water boxed Tyson Fury the first time, he weighed 209 pounds. So he basically was a light heavyweight when he boxed Tyson. So here's – Go ahead, Mark. Here's what
2: I think that uh, Tyson should respond with with this uh, nonsensical stupidity. I think that he should say, um, give me the three of your best right now, and I will fight them all in a boxing match. It's a winner-take-all competition each time. Um, and that means no matter how much money is generated or whatever, the loser gets nothing and the winner gets everything. And I want your top three. Let's do it for the next 18 months. Now, raise your hand.
0: Well, a lot of them are going to raise their hand. Great. And then he's going to sweep right through them. I mean, his name is Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury is probably the best boxer we've seen probably since Lennox Lewis. Don't you think in the heavyweight division? Um, Definitely in the heavyweight division. I mean Yeah, I'm not referring to boxing in general. There's there's so yeah, many yeah, I, But the way Mark, you 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 did a great analysis last week. When you when you compared him to Muhammad Ali's ability to dodge punches and, and to roll with punches and to make people miss, he's really this weird, awkward body, tall, lanky mm-hmm. dude. But for some reason, he just has such a high IQ in boxing. Now he did say that he wanted to f- have a fight in the octagon with four ounce gloves with boxing rules, and Ugh. I think that's stupid as well. Because we all know, on the flip side, we also know that if he decided to do MMA, oh, get all the heavyweights. All the heavyweights yeah. beat him.
2: I, anybody like an, an amateur beats him in
0: that situation. He has a he has a he has a buncher's chance. Yeah. We all know, but it's just it's just foolishness. And for all of you who are listening, if you want to just see how well. Tyson Fury would do an MMA, go on YouTube, type in Darren Till Tyson Fury training, and you'll see Tyson Fury actually training in MMA, and you'll see probably the greatest boxer of the last at least 10 years, and definitely the greatest heavyweight boxer on the planet right now, or at least in my opinion, you'll you'll actually see how well he would do an MMA. And what I'm getting at is he would get crushed watching him. It's like watching Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields is is the is the best female boxer on the planet no question no no one even no one even debates that but go and type in Clarissa Shields training in MMA and you will see how the greatest boxers of our time of this era right now actually will look in, in an MMA fight. The only person that I would love to see uh, Lemchenko is that how he says his last name uh, Vasiliy Lemchenko, probably, probably pound for pound the best boxer on the planet right now. About 140 ish, 150 pounds. He was a Greco-Roman wrestler in in uh, the Ukraine, and there's actually footage of him in tournaments in the Ukraine in Greco-Roman wrestling. And so you got a guy who is is literally like the Matrix when he's boxing. I would love to see someone like that cross over. Well, that's let's, sure.
2: let's talk real quick about the actual fight. We need to jump into that because uh, time is a little bit. limited. Yeah, I was about to transition um, to that.
0: So don't probably 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 shouldn't step over <laughs> me. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, the, the actual fight. Uh, Wes,
2: I think you yeah. nailed it when you said uh, when Tyson uh, or when uh, uh, Wilder, got knocked down when he got hit that first in the first round. It was kind of over after that. Like he never caught himself, never caught his feet, never just
0: Well, let's back up here yep. for a second, Mark. Trevor and I have to we have to uh, not apologize, but we have to make amends because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I had Wilder winning by TKO within I think 7 rounds, 8 rounds or something. Maybe I didn't give a round. I don't remember. All I know is I was flat out wrong completely mm-hmm. off the rails on this one. And and I don't remember, Trevor, what you said, but yeah, I think it was I, similar to mine.
1: Yeah, I was wrong. I was very, very wrong. <laughs> and I don't think you I've been me. as wrong coming into a fight <laughs> as this fight. I mean, I had Wilder knocking him down and you know what happened? Fury actually knocked him down, Wilder, several, several times. So, Mark, you are the man this I, week. I am the man. Mark called it. Let me let me call this out right now because this was
0: something that made me. There's something about getting hit behind the ear that we've seen in MMA and in boxing. But I'll, I'll draw attention to a fight that happened a few uh, 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 last year, Anthony Ruiz and Anthony Joshua. So Andy Ruiz steps in on short notice to take on Anthony Joshua, the current WBA, IBF, W WBO champ. And his opponent got busted for PEDs, so he had to step away. So in comes Andy Ruiz, uh, who I think was 30 and one, coming in as this unknown heavyweight. But crazy fast, even Evander Holyfield, when he saw that Andy Ruiz was going to be the replacement, he thought that Andy Ruiz would actually beat Anthony Joshua because uh, Evander had talked about training with him when he was a teenager and how he cracked him so hard as a teenager that there's something special about this kid. So Andy Ruiz steps in, round three of Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, he cracks him behind the ear. Mm. And if you go back and watch that fight, Anthony Joshua was never back in that fight. And for three – no, four – in round seven, actually, I think, as well, uh, just like the Deontay Tyson fight. Round seven, Anthony Joshua, the ref, ends up just stopping the fight and waving his hands because it's like Anthony could not get his legs out from him. Now, go to this fight. Round one, Mark, like you were just saying, it's just something about that shot. When he got hit in the right. head, he, he just never could recover. And it's it's crazy. Like, I, I know he's mad that his, his – um, Corner threw in the towel in the seventh round, but come on, Deontay they could have threw they could have thrown in the towel in round five, absolutely, maybe even round three.
2: And and again, I I would go with probably should have. Yes, I mean, hundred percent agree. You're, when you are at that point, um, this is the this is serious. Like you can get really hurt, really bad. Like I I was like in watching that fight, you watch it two or three times and go. When would you have thrown in the towel knowing if you knew that you were going to lo- like it was the towel was going to be thrown in if you knew that in advance? Mm-hmm. When would you throw it in? Yeah, the fifth round, like wow, like why are you letting this guy take a beating? You know, I, it, and he just he just didn't it was a beating, right. It was a, it beating, was a beating, beating for sure. And I mean,
0: yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, interesting to say the least. What do you guys think about what do you guys think about Deontay? I think it was yesterday he actually came out and said that his uh walkout outfit yeah, so- weighed forty-five pounds and so he had no legs by the time he got what? to the ring. Hey, okay.
1: I've got something dedicated to Mark on that very comment. Dedicate me. Wilder Wilder blaming that walkout suit is about as bad as a nineties duo blaming it on the rain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Blame no, no, it on the rain, yeah, fall, yeah. Fall. Wow, that's brilliant. Blame it Actually, the stars I'm gonna. I gotta
2: give a shout out to uh, my buddy, uh, Mr. Philip Patrick Quinn on that one. He, I asked him tonight, like, "Hey, is there anything that I should know?" And he brought that up, and I hadn't seen anything about it till literally like an hour and a half before the podcast. And so I watched some stuff of that. I'm like. What and at first I was like, like, oh, that's just some hype from Stephen Stephen A Smith or whatever.
1: I, I told you I'm talking. <laughs> then I'm not, I just listened to you and your dissertation.
2: <laughs> but then I kind of looked at him like, yo, they were actually saying that like it's a thing, like that's a thing, like mm-hmm. that, you know, I don't know. You get the dual hype, and you know, I just I hate that whole Stephen A Smith wanting to. He makes a thing about everything, <laughs> but like that's your reason and then then I'm looking at him like yeah they're kind of throwing it out there like that was you know it's that's stupid come on
1: uh but wesley well, wesley had a good point last week about boxing i think we finally get Our trilogy boxing match that we've been waiting for for so long wilder's definitely gonna invoke that rematch clause in there we're gonna get Mm -hmm. a third one and wes you said something about tyson fury's the best boxer since lennox lewis i think he's still the best boxer since wilder because remember last time i felt wilder knocked him down two times Mm -hmm. he didn't Mm -hmm. look the same and Uh okay okay walkout suit or not he he just didn't look like he did in the first. And that could have been the elevation of Tyson Fury's game and just intensity and licking the blood off of his uh, shoulder or neck or whatever you want to call that. But anyway, I, I think we're in for a great trilogy. And uh, I think the next one will really tell the tale who is the best fighter between those two.
0: Yeah. Well, let's draw attention, though. De- Deontay Water weighed 209, I think, in their first fight. He weighed 231 in this fight particular fight and that was a grave mistake
1: and with Clearly, the walkout suit mistake. and with the walkout suit he he weighed over 270 mm-hmm. uh, what else are we talking about Wes well <laughs> let's end it by
0: saying we would love to see a trilogy mo- trilogy fight and, you know, who knows? Deontay wins. We actually get a, a real trilogy since they had to draw the first fight, get, get four fights. They make literally two or $300 million off of each other. Fantastic. But I really would like to see Tyson Fury versus Anthony Joshua. I would love to see a unification bout that would allow for now the undisputed champion to be declared. And then he rematches Deontay. Ooh. And now you really know who the best heavyweight really Uh-oh. is. Because I, I actually, I actually think Deontay, I think Deontay beats Anthony Joshua because he can get cracked.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I just Tyson, Tyson, though, just looked like he was just on another level. But it, it'll be hard for me next time. But I think the one thing
2: that you'll definitely be considering is what they're wearing when they walk out. <laughs> if it if it weighs forty five right, pounds, that's what I'm saying. I mean, <laughs> like seriously, I have a sweater on right now. It's pretty thick, and it's it, it's holding me back on this podcast.
0: <laughs> and now a moment. With Sensei Seagal. Many people consider me, you know, one of the great masters in my own field. And that's been a moment with Sensei Seagal. We also had an incredible, or I should say incredibly fun, Auckland UFC yes. this past weekend. Yes. A lot of the fighters were, were, were not necessarily famous or well-known, man, if you chose to sit down and watch that UFC. There was so much drama and back and forth, which will lead me into this. We had Paul Felder mm-hmm. versus Dan Hooker. And I can't think of a fight right now that I feel was more of a back and forth, razor thin, fun fight to watch where you had you had Paul Felder literally in the first round, I think his eye was swelling, right? And then by the end of the third round, I think you saw Dan Hooker's jaw was swelling. I think so I think Hooker was had-
2: was swelling on the jaw in the second round. But keep in mind that Hooker's shorts were extremely heavy. Like he had on some really large shorts that were weighing him down. It's not for just to keep making that
0: joke. Anyway. Now, I would love to hear your thoughts on Paul Felder versus Dan Hooker. Mark okay. David, what do you think? Um,
2: let me just – yeah, let me start with this. OMG exclamation point times seven. <laughs> what a yes, freaking absolutely. awesome fight. Yes. I was – So good. I was out of my God, mind so watching it. Um, I thought it was it was a barn burner from the – it was exactly what I expected it to be i think that's the part that i really liked is like in my heart like remember we talked about it last week and and it was like what's your pick i don't want to make a pick i just want to watch it and that's exactly what it felt like i didn't know who i wanted to win i think honestly by the end of like the second round i was totally i like my heart was out the felder i i thought that he was doing the thing yeah he was my horse at that point um I wouldn't have been scared or whatever either way but I just loved that fight. I mean, he
0: couldn't he couldn't see. He couldn't see. Like like he literally was blind in one eye and coming with
2: these amazing combinations. I honestly I think yes. I think that round 1 was was definitely Hooker. I, there's no way I think you can dispute that. I actually think that round 2 and 3 were somewhat um, could go either way. And it was definitely around four and five or all Felder. And yeah, I, I just, uh, so here, here, I'll say this, this is one thing I want to say about this fight. I thought that Felder went in this fight and this is me. Like I'm actually thinking about this after the fact, right? So I'm kind of watching everything that happened in my mind. I think Felder thought to himself, if I win this fight, then this is going to set me up for the next big opportunity. But if I lose this fight, I've done everything that I want to do. And that's why I think when when the, when the hand got raised at the end, when they said, you know, Hooker won, Felder just kind of like dropped his head like, God, I told myself that if I lost this fight, man, I don't want to leave it here, but I got a kid at home. And that's mm-hmm. what I think like projected that whole thing. So it was so like emotional and everything. But my God, I think Felder won that fight. Anyway, that's my. I, I'm, I, I'm monologuing here, so I'd, I'd like to hear Trevor's thoughts. So,
1: man, that fight reminded me of Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua, just back and forth, yes. back and forth, yes. war till the end. Roy McDonald, Robbie Lawler, team, yes, man. yes, like, absolutely. Uh, I, I was, I, it. It actually surpassed my expectations. I thought it was going to be a good fight. I didn't know we were in for a classic. It is available if you have ESPN Plus. I think you can go back and watch that. Is that right, Wes? <laughs> uh, I did have something to bring up to Mark. All right, that last round, which I thought I had it the same as one of the judges had it, and I, if you guys look at the scorecards, they're very different. By the way, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have looked at that, but. It's not like everybody picked one round for one person. Everybody picked, a, you know, it wasn't consistent at all. Right. But I had it. I had uh, Hooker winning one and three, Felder winning two and four. So it was on the fifth round, and I felt that they gave it to Hooker based on the takedown. So I here's, agree. What gonna at, here's what I'm going to throw Here's what I'm going to throw at you, Mark. Mm-hmm. You said when John Jones dominated, he even said. That the takedowns was what won him the fight. Mm-hmm. So, I, and I don't, and I, and I guess I want, I guess I want to just throw this out here. It's kind of this. Is it kind of the same logic that Jones won that fight based on the takedowns, and then Hooker won the fight based on his takedown or return or a takedown and a return, whatever you want to say. So, is that the same thing, or did Felder just clearly outstrike him in the last round and should have won it anyway? Okay, so uh,
2: uh, yeah. Um, Okay, so let's look at it this way: if if you're gonna judge it, if you're gonna score it on takedowns, so we got two takedowns in in the fifth round, right? Um, There was also multiple takedown defenses that happened there. But let's also keep in mind that at that point, uh, Hooker didn't advance the fight with the takedowns, so he takes down Felder. Agreed. And Felder works his way back up and nothing happens. So he gets maybe, let's give him a nod for the takedowns. But let's also give um, Felder takedown defense. And then, with that said, he does nothing with the takedown. Absolutely nothing.
1: But I feel that Jones didn't do anything with the takedown either.
2: But I think that Jones was ahead. That's the that's the difference. Like, like, in, I'm not disagreeing with you in any way, shape, or form. I'm saying this fight selectively i'm i do you are you asking me do you think the, that i'm saying that i contradicted myself from the last fight is that the question well,
1: not kind of but not i mean i i guess like it just brings up a bigger question and we're both kind of saying this Just because you get the takedown, if you don't do anything with the takedown, how much should it really count? And these returns are simply returns. Like, in wrestling, you don't get points for returns. You don't get two more points if a guy stands up and you return him to the mat. And I feel like in MMA it's exactly the same thing but but for some reason these judges are giving it. and listen i you know i love grappling i you know i adore it but at the same time i just feel like they're not doing any damage if they simply take them down especially what hooker did in the fifth round that's why i gave it to hooker just based on the way that mixed martial arts mixed martial arts judges score the fights and and that's how i thought that that fight was going well, to go but let me th- say I another thing we're about both that the green here
2: Hooker was going for the takedown because he was hurt. In the fourth and yep. fifth round, he was beat Before up so short. bad that he was trying to hold on, so he started going for the takedown, and he caught it a couple times, finally. You should not get a nod for that.
0: No. To your point, Mark, he became a wrestler in round three. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because he was getting tagged. He
2: was beat. In my opinion, he was beaten round two. And he continued to get beat all the way through round five. And somehow or another,
0: he won the fight. I, I just, I don't see it on paper. Trevor, I'm going to stay consistent with my, with my thinking here. In that, I do believe Dominic Reyes beat John Jones because he didn't do anything with the takedowns. And in the same breath, I think Paul Felder, I picked him to win the fight as well because Hooker didn't do anything of the takedowns. And it was merely just to try to win a round. And I just don't think that that should be scored unless you're going or or advancing for submission, or if you're going for something that or some sort of punch, ground to pound, anything to make the takedown count. But if you just lay there, then I'm not I'm not giving you anything until until you make it make something of it. And I think that Felder won the fight. I had him winning three rounds to two. I I but I'm not I'm not like dog mat like. Felder won that. I'm like mad because it was because if you look at the numbers, Felder won on all the categories in regarding to in regards to striking, significant strikes, all those things, but not by many. So if I'm a judge just watching a fight live, I can completely see how a judge would give Dan Hooker the fight. Now my next question is, who does Dan Hooker fight? Like, let's just say this: Paul Felder should not retire. Absolutely, he should continue to fight because he. He just took on the number six guy in the world in a razor-thin decision. And if you don't think that a Paul Felder-Justin Gaethje, a Paul Felder-Edson Barbosa fight is not a, a rematch or whatever, mm-hmm. like those fights are, are, are all there. And Paul fought world-class. No question. And then he also proved that not only could he take a punch, but he could last five rounds. Yeah. He could go all in. He could dig. He could go to that place that other fighters can't. He showed that. Now, on the flip side, Dan Hooker did the same thing. And I wasn't necessarily a Dan Hooker-like fan. I I, I knew he was going to be a fun fight. But the fact that he he fought through a broken jaw or what seemed to be a broken jaw, the fact that he kept get- just trying to – at least try to win that fight. It, he won me over as a fan. I don't think I'm ever going to miss another Dan Hogan nah, fight as absolutely. long as he's fighting. Um, and so I, I'm a fan of both. But my question to you guys is who, Mark, should – should Hooker fight next?
2: Okay, so let's, let's yeah, we have to walk through it a little bit because um, he can't go back. He has to be a headlining fight. So I think his next fight obviously has to be a five-round fight. Um, so that's going to cut out a lot of opportunity. And, and, and this fight right here sets him up for, uh, for a championship fight. I mean, obviously. Now, assuming that... Uh, what happens with what we see coming down the pike for championship fight is going to take place in what we we're thinking, what three or four months. Um, he's either going to hold off and wait for that championship or he's going to do an interim fight, but he still has to fight as a main event. Like you can't take that away well, from he's him. He's not,
0: he's definitely not getting a title. Shot no, no, no. time soon.
2: Well, I not I, within the next 12 months. He should be, If if he fights his next fight and wins, no matter who you put in front of him, no matter who wins the next, Hooker is in line. If he wins his next fight, whoever you put him up against, so he's one fight
0: away from a championship fight. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I just don't think that he has enough name right now to to pull weight. Right. So in the next, so we got he's. So the question is, he's got to
2: look at what he's got going on, and he's got to decide who's the next step up. So what I would have guessed would have been Gaethje would have been like a next. Uh, fight, which we're looking like that's probably not going to be it. it. So, who yeah, do you put next? I love it.
0: Love that matchup. Um,
2: I mean, Lee, maybe. Um, uh, do you do a rematch, uh, Barbosa? I, I don't know. I, I, that, it's it's really it, it depends on all sort of external factors for him is to because at this point it's a setup for a title shot. Felder's in a different position, obviously. Um, I think that despite the fact that he lost. I think that what that fight that we just saw put him on the map like a name. Like I, mm-hmm. I will tell you, you watch that fight, watch it watch it two or three times and I, I think I've watched it like six times now. like it's like one of the, <laughs> the best fights I've ever seen. So good. Felder is a champion among champions. He is he put a flag in the ground and said, I'm the man. Um, he's not just willing to take a beating. His fight IQ, his ability to control the ring, everything that he did was just so freaking amazing. It was just awesome. So I think that he has he has the opportunity now, and I think what he should do is look at a money fight. Because even though um, he's been a three-round fighter, just coming into a five-round fighter, um, at this point, he still has um, – now he has the name behind him to be a, a – a, a five round fighter still. So he needs to look at what the money fight is for him because he's got two left in him. Um, he, he knew that when he walked yeah, into
0: it. I don't disagree with that.
2: So I don't know what the answer to that question is because it's really difficult. And that division is so stacked. He's got to do some, you know, this is where you, you, you call your agent and say, what are we doing to make the money? This isn't about what the best fight is. And I think that's where we're going to land with it.
1: Trevor, what do you got? So, Here's how I'm breaking this down. I'm coming at this from both a fight fan, but more from a business side. I'm trying to think like the UFC making money. So I'm I'm going, and I know this is a broad assumption here, but I'm going to assume that Khabib beats Ferguson, okay? okay. Now, again, this so all of these fights that I have here are based on Khabib beating Ferguson. I would not risk Conor fighting Gaethje, because I think Khabib and Connor, as I've said before, will sell out a stadium. And I don't know that any other fight does that right now on the whole UFC roster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I don't think you risk that. I think Connor right. waits for the winner of Khabib and Ferguson. Let's say that Khabib wins. I'm putting Connor against Khabib, I'm putting Ferguson against Poirier. Because both of them would have lost to Khabib, so it'll kind of, you know, shake out where they're going to end up in the division going forward after that. And then I got Hooker versus Gaethje.
0: I love it. Wow, I love it. I here's here's my only, I guess, a different thought from that is I, I think. I think a Conor Justin Gaethje fight is so gigantic that it's hard to not see the numbers in that for a prelude to Khabib and I think Conor I think Connor, I know we talked about uh, uh, this is certainly not a podcast to dissect on who wins that fight but let's just say Conor gets past Gaethje well how much bigger is the Khabib
1: fight now but do you and, but do you risk that that's the whole thing do you risk Conor getting I think caught you're Connor, by Gaethje Do you risk him losing that and then losing your stadium fight, the biggest mixed martial arts event of all time, surpassing the first Conor-Khabib fight? Why would you even risk that from a business perspective? I wouldn't.
0: Well, you're making it sound, though, as if Conor loses, he's no longer a draw, and I disagree with that. Mm. I think Conor's a draw at least for another five years if he loses all of his fights. I know that there's steam that gets lost a little bit if he's coming off a loss and then he's going to fight whatever. But Conor, right now, he he's the biggest star in the sport. So then, you up against the greatest fighter in MMA, that's going to sell even if he loses and um, even if even if he loses to to a Justin Gaethje. At the same time, too, like I do, I think your logic is is pretty good. I would love to see Dan Hooker versus Justin. Gaethje. Let me ask you guys a question. Quick question. Do you think that Connor's rise to success
2: has something to do where there's a correlating factor in that he is really light on the shorts? Like he just really doesn't put a lot of weight on Mm.
0: his clothing. Do you think that that's... Well, he does wear the heavier ones when he fights at 170. Oh, that's okay.
1: Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. That's logical. But Wesley... But Wesley, let me counter what you said with this: Why not have Connor fight Khabib, and then if he loses, fight Gaethje? Because, like you said, he's still a draw, and you still get your, and then you still get your stadium. Show. I'm just thinking of the stadium show: the Dallas Cowboys well, packed out arena, Connor versus Khabib rematch. Here we go. Let's do it.
0: Here's the only reason I'm like not not disagreeing with you as much as I'm just saying timeline. I don't see it happening because you've got. He fights Tony if he gets past Tony, which by the way, everyone keeps acting as if he's just going to get past Tony. And maybe that's what we talk about in a few weeks here before that fight happens, but Tony Ferguson is the man. He's so, he's such a bad dude. All that said, he fights Tony, Ramadan happens, he doesn't do anything for a month. He then would then be start uh, ready to start training at the end of May, June, which means he'll be ready to fight, say, September, October. So why not have Connor fight Dustin? Uh, excuse me, Justin Gaethje in in the interim? Because guess what? If Justin wins, it sets up a great fight with Khabib. If Connor wins, it only makes it even. It only makes it even more big. It only makes it even that much more ma- like the the magnitude of that fight is already going to be big anyway. Because I think you Connor is one guy you can roll your dice on. Like he's kind of like Nate Diaz. It doesn't matter who Nate fights; he's going to sell it out. He's gonna sell a lot that, of tickets. That's very true. And everyone's that's gonna, true. everyone's gonna pipe in. But even, even more, he's even a bigger star than Nate Diaz. So I don't think you lose steam hardly much at all. At least for the next two years with a McGregor anybody fight. But I, all that said, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think I like how you just match that up. I, I'm, all, I'm all in. I'm gonna give every single one of the fights that you just mentioned. I'm giving all of them my money. So it doesn't matter just the way you just said it. They all get my paper. They all get my 65 or 70 and bucks.
2: I'm going to give all of them Wes's yes. money. It's $79 a pop. I think $493 a pop. I don't know if this is, is this the part where I bring up touch by an angel again, or do we move on?
0: All right, Trevor, Trevor tell us what's in the news. Trevor, Trevor, this Trevor,
1: Trevor, Trevor. Trevor.
0: Yeah. What should we be paying attention to?
1: All right, here we go. So I'm going to talk about the flyweight division this mm-hmm. weekend. We have a fight between Benavidez and a guy's name that just escaped me. Davidson. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, did I say it right? The Brazilian guy you who is me. on a tear. He's on a tear, man. He hasn't, he hasn't really, uh, lost a fight except, you know, with a draw. So, uh, this guy's pretty good. Um, I feel, that the, Ciguero. Ciguero. <laughs> I, I feel that the division though is in big trouble and here's why cuz if if Benavidez wins who absolutely deserves it if you kind of look at on at the list down uh, as far as the rankings go everybody's kind of beating everybody else there's no clear cut guy that's going to fight Benavidez I th- he beat Triple C right. he had a split decision with Mighty Mouse and I know he got beat by Mighty Mouse later but Demetrius Johnson just didn't carry the division that well. I'm gonna compare this to wrestling and NCAA. I think the most exciting division right now is the 125 and the 133. Yes. I don't understand. Yes. My whole point. For sure. My whole point to this is UFC has done a terrible job of marketing the flyweight division. Whoa. So they either so they either need to market it better. Or they need to cut the division and add a 215 weight class. oh Triple C is very missed in this division. Uh, Caleb Sperlin brought that up today. I was talking to him online, and he was talking about how he missed Triple C. He gets people talking, whether you like him, whether you don't like him. He gets people talking. The only thing is, he is not coming back down to 125. He's expressed no interest in doing that. I think if Benavidez wins, he needs to go up to uh, 135, challenge him for the title, and see what happens. And I'm just in fear that the 125 class is in big trouble Mm. after this fight. If Benavidez wins now, if he loses to Davidson, then everybody's kind of beat everybody. And then it's wide open again. And then it's up to the UFC to market it a little better. Yeah.
2: Mm. Well, I got some thoughts on that. If you will, if you will, Trevor, will you say yes? Say yes, I will. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Oh man. Don't leave me hanging like that. Um, you're absolutely right from the marketing side like the flyweight division is like we, we so much uh, what i think of the sport as we grew up um the light heavyweight was the action and the 170 was the action and then you look at like the flyweight especially like breaking out of lightweight when flyweight comes along it's like watching two squirrels in a cage fly all over the place and no one really has a really good understanding of what's going on there's so much other action going on you got to put some time into it you really have to like look at that division and say hey we got to market it we got to get people understanding what these fighters are doing it's very different from that weight class it's like watching heavyweight banging it out and then you go into the 170s and watching like gsp fight like there's no way. This is two different things. Like wildly different. You're not going to see um, uh, some of the guys that we've historically thought as champions in a heavyweight, you know, go against. You know, that's why we always have the pound for pound argument or whatever that is, which is ridiculous. But it's just it's two different, completely worlds. We if for for the for the uninitiated fan, watching the flyweight division is seriously like taking two flies and putting them in a jar. It's like insane. It's wild. It's crazy. It's all over the place. They're a lot more energetic and, and all of that. So I think I agree 100%. You can go to your average MMA fan or your, even a, a pretty big UFC fan and say, hey, tell me what's going on I, I, in flyweight. Psh, I don't know. I can't tell you. Yeah, is this going to be a good fight? Sure, I'll watch it. That's, if it's free, that's the best, the, the best that you're going to get. But the reason why I think that is is because people are busy. You got things going on, right? How much time do you have to invest into each one of the divisions in the sport? And I think that brings me to uh, a, uh, a reference to uh, something that I think is very important, which is a song from Alabama released in 1992 called I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. It says, I'm in a hurry to get things done. Well, I rush and I rush until life's no fun. And I really got to do is live and die, but I'm in a hurry and I don't know why.
1: And I also don't know why that I missed this, but uh, Davidson did lose a uh, three fights ago by decision. So that was his only loss was won by decision. But it was to somebody, Formiga, that uh, Benavidez beat. So I, that's why I think the division's in big trouble. And now listen, I don't get any money from UFC to promote this, but if you're a fan of the flyweight division, the fight this Saturday is... Is as important as when Triple C unified the belts.
0: Yeah, I agree. Really,
2: you think? Wait, wait. You're you're saying you think this fight is that important?
1: Like it's that big? Uh, Just just looking. If you look at the rankings, and Benavidez wins, he does not have. A, a clear-cut next person coming up unless UFC signs somebody outside of the UFC. There's nobody in the top 10 that seems like an intriguing fight.
0: We, uh, we are at the end of our podcast, gentlemen. And I would, like to say, I would like to say something. Yeah. We've got some faithful participants on our Facebook page. Yeah. People like people like Pat White, who I've known for a long time, Josh Edwards. Charles Shepard, baby who's my whose family you've got West little um, boss from Australia. Who else is on there guys? That you uh, Dustin that you Jameson interact?
2: from OKC uh, making yes. some great points on, on the Facebook page. Definitely want to give a personal shout out to Boz McAllen, the Aussie express. That's why yeah. I just nicknamed him yeah. the Aussie express. And uh, yeah, yeah my Pat b- White, dude, come on, dude. B- Thanks for throwing it out there. Be, be honest. Tell your truth. Do your thing.
1: Yeah, Brooks has been an MMA fan since uh, uh since he moved up to Boone. I uh, appreciate him listening to the podcast, giving us some uh feedbacks. Caleb Sperlin's been listening and chiming yeah. in and telling us uh, that he's really enjoyed it. That's
0: awesome. So then you got Terry Newell, uh, Terry Newell who who's posting a lot. I appreciate
1: him, known him since I was a kid. So that's, I, I love it. And then how about uh, Allegheny legend saying that he's listening to the podcast? Oh, Mar- Mark Sheets, man. Two-time state champion, Mark Sheets. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. When I moved to the mountains of North Carolina, there was, there was a name that I
0: heard before I even started wrestling, and his name was Mark Sheets. And when he commented last week and said he's listening to our podcast, I, ha- I fanboyed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow. Mark validated. freaking, completely validated. The baddest dude in all of Allegheny for like how many years? 79 years, something like that? I don't remember. 70,
1: 79 oh. and a half. 79 and a half. So Mark Sheets. I did I did listening. want to say
2: one other thing before we go. I figured out why it was so difficult for us to, to remember the Family Ties theme song. It's real simple because it's the crappiest theme song from the 90s. I like re-listen mm. to every one, well, so it was definitely growing pains. Was the best one. Well, let's
0: just back up for a second. I don't think that show made it to the nineties. So get your facts straight. That was an 80s show. And um, and one
2: other thing, I'd like to say before we go, guys. Can you do me a favor, real quick? And can you ask your mom if it's cool on Friday if you guys spend the night? Because I got uh, Street Fighter Two.
0: <laughs> Street Fighter Two. Um, oh, shout out to Matt. Ben- hey, by the way, Mark. Shout out to Matt Benson as well. Oh yeah, longtime friend. Uh, uh, is, is a martial artist himself, big time CrossFitter, uh, just a great dude. But he's mm-hmm. very knowledgeable about the sport. Always commenting, always participating in mm-hmm. our in our conversation. So I appreciate that. Caleb Lee, another another person on the on the the Facebook page. He's he's always commenting and listening. So we love all you guys. Uh, Mark, I'm gonna call mom. I'll let you okay, know. Okay, let me know. She
2: because, doesn't like uh, you. I think but Trevor I'll let you has know. Sunny D. I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yes. we're out of, we're out of purple stuff, but we got Sunny D. All right, that's it,
0: guys. The flyweight title fight is up this Saturday. Pay attention. It could be the demise of the division if we don't watch. So you must watch. You guys better get off and here I'll, before I'll... I
2: start singing Song of the South.
0: Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go.
2: Song, song of the South. Song of the South. Sweet, Sweet potato, potato pie. pie. Oh, Shut, pie. My mouth. Shut my Gone, gone go with the wind. Ain't nobody looking Ain't back. nobody again.
1: back again.
0: See ya. Come back again, though. Parting words Dominic Reyes won. All right, see you later. Bye.